what is the point of the pain of doing something big? Is it a surprise? Pain is part of the equation? I probably never spent 600 bucks an hour had the pain not been bad enough. I was drowning in pain. Well, hey, Ryan, welcome to the Consultant and the Coach podcast. Uh, Welcome. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me on today. Oh, you are very, very welcome. And so Ryan is, I guess I'll call it the owner of Christian Made Simple uh, Coaching, but you're also... Christian Leader. Christian Leader Made Simple. Christian Leader Made Simple executive coaching yeah and he's the pastor of a church of over 2500 people and today we are excited what's your new book's name ryan well i happen to have a copy of it right here (laughs) (laughs) the christian leader blueprint and i read it uh finished it up late last night and i was so excited this morning i'm texting you and i'm like ryan this book's amazing this book needs to be added to coaching and consulting curriculum because you just hit it spot on. Now, granted, I have to disclose, I know you outside of life. So unlike the other people we brought in on the podcast where I'm meeting them for the very first time, Ryan, we went to school together, didn't we, for you know, we, two years. You we graduated did. really quickly. I graduated a little slower because <laughs> I'm not as smart as you are, but uh, we, we are all gifted in different ways. So before we jump into your book, Ryan, tell us a little bit about you. Well, as you mentioned, I'm a uh, full-time assistant pastor of a, of a large organizational style church, and my giftings are lended to be, I have a high leadership energy and I have a high prudence, which means I can, I can lead groups, lead ministries, and get a lot of good stuff done. So that's, that's my two greatest strengths. Um, outside of that, I have a side practice of, as you mentioned, Christian Leader Made Simple. It's a, a one-on-one executive coaching firm, but I also have been venturing into some other things as of late. And uh, the book is sort of a foundational piece, a model for what I'm doing, uh, what I'm moving towards, and that's a community coaching style of uh of delivering the coaching um the principles are are outlined in the book and um uh that's what the coaching community will be centered around as well now one of the things that we get along so well is we both have this heart for helping out others helping out christian leaders helping out uh leaders in the church and your book started out saying you had a moment where you had to go out and hire a very expensive executive coach. How come? I mean, what happened? I mean, here you were, you had a bachelor's degree, you had a master's degree, and yet you still had to go hire a coach. How come and what happened, man? Well, I was, um, I guess to tell you what happened, I'll have to go back a little bit. Um, I was an, an assistant to the assistant pastor at this church. Uh, I was actually born into this church um, and kind of worked my way up the, the ranks and volunteer leadership. And, and then I was an assistant to the assistant pastor with a dream that one day I would be a pastor of this church. And uh, seven or eight years ago, that dream came true. And 
had the opportunity to do that. I was handed basically uh, uh, around 60 different ministries and said, here, take them. Only 60 ministries. Wow. And so I took them. And this this is ministries that I had assisted with for many years, 11 years prior to that, I had assisted with them. But I never felt the pressure of actually the responsibility the, the, to lead them to a to um, a much greater detail and degree. Hmm. So I I started the path of of leading these ministries, and I found myself completely feeling completely overwhelmed, feeling inadequate, um, not having the skills that I felt like I needed to to have to effectively lead these ministries. Though I had lo- had led in many capacities, even in the business world, I had led uh, at GW Hospital in Washington D.C. Um, led a failing clinic to to be successful. Made a lot of money doing that. Um, that I, I just felt inadequate with the degree of responsibility that I had in the church, and so I was searching what what can develop me. What how, how can I get? I mean, how can I climb out of this hole that I feel like I'm in? And I remember being in a place, um, 2016, where uh, I had been in this position for a while, and I was at my wits' end. I was burnt out. Um, my neck was—I can remember physically just feeling my neck. It was rock solid. Uh, mm-hmm. I just couldn't take any more, and I knew something had to change. I could not live like this. I was not regulating myself well. I was not. I, I would come home at, at night and my family was was would kind of cringe what kind of what kind of dad or husband are they going to get tonight and um, I just know I couldn't live my life that way I, I kept reading this scripture and this is the scripture that that, that plagued me John 10 10 the thief cometh not but for to steal and kill and destroy but I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly and I knew that I was not living abundant life. I was leading at a high level, high capacity, something that I had always dreamed of, and I hated it. And I was uh, I was drowning, I was burnt out, and I knew that something had to change. And so I started searching. Uh, there's a long story behind behind all of that, but I uh, finally. Uh, a friend of mine said, you know, I've been meeting with this executive coach uh, for the last year and it has literally changed my life. And I said, well, sign me up. <laughs> and <laughs> now this was Dr. So, Epperson, right? This is Are Dr. we talking Epperson. about Dr. Okay. So now, so he, here you go to Dr. Epperson. So obviously a plug well, for an me, executive coach. So how do you go from hat being at your wits and not living to abundant life to Christian, you know, uh, the the Christian leader blueprint. How how that happen? Well, it's uh, first of all. Let me step back. Just one last part of the end of that story is I, I said, sign me up, and then I pursued it and saw the pricing of it, and I said, oh no, I can't pay <laughs> this. It was it was I think it was about six hundred bucks an hour. Like I can't do this. And about three months at later, 
I said, I have to do this. Mm. If, if this changed your life, something has got to change in my life and I'm going to try it. So I paid the astronomical fees and it did not, it, it did not disappoint the, the impact that that year of executive coaching had on my life literally shifted my leadership, shifted everything that I was doing. And one thing led to the next. He agreed to mentor me in, in, in executive coaching, uh, did that for a little while. Then I went to Townsend, uh, learned even more things about coaching. And I kept seeing, I started coaching with all of these different uh, avenues of learning that I had that I'd experienced from the mentor to Townsend, kept seeing a repetitive pattern in my clients. And I started as an analytical person, I started writing these patterns down. And with each client, I would write down, what am I seeing that is helping this individual? What am I seeing that this individual needs? And I kept seeing patterns with each client. And then finally, one day I just sat down and I said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna put these in a graph form and see how it how what try to make some sense of these numbers. Put it in a graph form and sixteen things emerged from that <laughs> from that um, from the clients and the data that I had been gathering. And from that I started trying to make sense of the sixteen things. And the Christian Leader Blueprint was birthed from that from that point on. So you were seeing all sorts of problems with the clients that you were coaching. And I'm thrilled that here you invested $600 an hour into your own personal growth. And what you've done, you've written a book, so I don't have to pay that $600. Or those listening to the podcast, go get the book. And so book drops August 3rd. But what was the big problem that you were saying? Hey, I'm noticing were there 16 different things or the solution is 16 uh, things? What were you noticing in all your clients that you're like, hey, something's missing? Yeah. Um, you know, it started with with uh, with the rhythm of life. That's a lot of a lot of the conversations of, mm-hmm. of my clients. That's where the conversations began was was with rhythm of life. And I was noticing, uh, and we'll just use that as an example. I was noticing that people had, uh, just a terrible work-life balance. And so I would generally start, that was why they were seeking me out as, as a coach. That's actually, that's why I was seeking my coach out originally was my work-life balance. But then there was more to it than, than just work-life balance. There was uh, people that had people had no vision for their personal life. They had no routines or goals set for their personal life. They they had, uh, and then um, ultimately, uh, just deep rooted in in the middle of all of those things were character growth. And just one example: establishing a better rhythm of life is is one part, one pillar of the Christian Leader Blueprint, and that was usually where people would start um where the clients would 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 i guess the the issues would manifest first would be in that area generally yeah no i and I appreciate all those those comments because i think because i was looking through the book 
many of the things you hit on, actually, we have podcast episodes on or and or hit on life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, several things. So it's really well aligned. Backing up a little bit in your story, I was curious when you said um, sort of when you first decided to pursue executive coaching, and I'm not saying you should have done this. I'm curious what your thought, because I can hear this from other people saying, well, why didn't you just go on a spiritual retreat? Or why didn't you just spend more time in prayer? Or why didn't you just read the word more? Why did you have to do that? Like what, what, how did you navigate that from a, cause, cause I mean, Christians were really good at like over spiritualizing yeah. pretty much everything. <laughs> I did those things. How did, I, I bet did, you did. I did, every, I did every one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> and yet it wasn't enough. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. really, I think at its core, the Lord was, was, I, I was sitting on the housetop and the Lord with with a flooded everybody has, has heard that analogy right. i was had climbed on the roof and there was a flood around me and the lord was sending me a boat to rescue me and and i was saying no i i'm waiting for the lord to rescue me and yeah. the lord would send a helicopter to rescue me and i was saying no i i, I won't the lord's going to rescue me Finally, I, I got on the boat or I got on the helicopter and and was and actually took the bait of what the Lord was was putting before me, and and what it amounted to is there was deeper things, even discipleship things that I was mm-hmm. not considering, and um, and at its core, every one of these principles that I that I have in the Christian Leader Blueprint are biblically based and have uh, scriptural backings, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not a direct scripture, but but uh, principles within the the characters and lives of of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, you know, I, I finished reading the book up late last night, and this morning the company I lead has we have over eighty team members at our company, and we have a devotion. So I, I lead, uh, you know, you lead a church, but I lead a lead a secular company. But I always pray over my company and give examples. And I used your example this morning with our entire company because you quoted in the book, you quote uh, the psalm, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But you don't leave it there. You then jumped all the way forward to 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. And, you know, you you say, what what is the point of the pain of doing something big? Because in that passage, Paul's talking about the thorn in the flesh. And I absolutely loved you bridge the two concepts together and say, hey, we are meant to carry each other's burden. So talk about how that fits into the Christian Leader Blueprint and why you wrote the book. Yeah. Uh, first of all, the leadership pain, you know, a lot of times we're not willing to move or to change or to develop without the pain. And I probably never would have um, spent 600 bucks an hour had the pain not been bad enough. And I was drowning in pain. And, and, and I can go through many areas of my life, and I probably would not have pursued health and growth and even scripture and prayer, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, it, had I not felt the pain. So I, I think the Lord many times, though, I think the pain, I think we like inflict the pain on ourselves most of the time. Uh, I think the Lord uses those circumstances, even though we may be the cause of it, to get our attention, 
to move us into greater depths of growth, character growth, and discipleship. Um, and you mentioned rela- relationships um, and other people carrying our burdens. There's there's over 50 scriptures in the Bible that talk about um, one another. They're one another scriptures. There's such as bearing one another's burdens. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge, huge aspect of the Christian Leader Blueprint. That's why one of the, the fourth pillar of the Christian Leader Blueprint is build more productive relationships. Because I couldn't imagine doing life now without my life team. I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine having a, a group of people that are that are focused on me. And I'm, I'm, I'm focused on them just as much, but they're focused on me. They, they give me the relational nutrients that I need to survive this leadership world. It's, it helps with regula- regulation. It helps with processing what's going on in my life. Um, it helps in a, in a huge variety of ways. And ultimately, it just, it just circles back to even rhythm of life. I, my life is so much more in rhythm, and, and I have such a, such a great clarity I feel that abundant life that I was seeking long years ago. I feel that through, through one another, through that, through those, those relationships. Yeah, no, that's great. I love that you addressed the issue of pain. I actually haven't seen that in a lot of books, which I thought was really um, it's great. Very un-American. Um, Let's talk about our pain. Yeah. When you think about pain, you talk about the theme from your clients and how you think about leaders. Are are you finding? leaders or Christian leaders are, when it comes to pain, is it, is it, um, in, in a, in a lack of capacity for pain? Is it a surprise that pain is part of the equation, <laughs> right? Is it, is it a, um, like what, what, tell me more about just the essence of, of where that's a problem for folks. Is it just because it's painful and they're not used to it? Is it what, just tell me more. I was very intrigued by the fact that you addressed that and I was, I was glad you did. Yeah. I really think that it's in, in essence, people don't know what to do with their pain. Hmm. And I think that's what Eric was even uh, referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they waller in their pain hmm. until it goes away. Then they venture back into, in, into their organizations or their, their regular day to day life. Um, but it's a lot of times we medicate our pain and, that doesn't necessarily have to be alcohol or drugs. That could be binging Netflix. That could be um, mm-hmm. a, a large variety of, uh, of things that we can use as, as pseudo regulators to ease the, ease the pain. But I think at its core, I, I think the reality is, is people just don't know what to do with that pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it probably surprises leaders somewhat when all of a sudden, like you, I think in your story, all of a sudden you find yourself with more pain than you've ever experienced in, we haven't when we haven't learned how to deal with it when it's small when it all of a sudden gets yep. big we're in serious trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. R- really indeed. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, a little a little before you, you talked about your life team. That, you know, part of it uh, now I, I know the story behind this, but for those that have never heard of the concept life team, what is it and uh, what's it look like for you and what should it look like in others? Yeah, uh, Jesus had a life team. He had he had a group of twelve, but he had three that he drew in closer and told them the deep things of his life uh, that was vulnerable with, transparent with. And that's what um, 
right now I have I have a inner circle of people, but I have five individuals that one is a counselor, one is a coach. Uh, this is outside of my wife, by the way. Uh, so six, including my wife. But I have three individuals that I would consider my life team that uh, I routinely meet with. I don't recommend people having that many or, or even starting that many because it is a lot to maintain. And if you don't maintain these relationships, they, they will slip by you and, uh, and not be as effective. But I meet with them at least once a month. Um, I've got one that I meet with every week, but I, we, we get together, we process things. We, we, uh, we, you know, if one of us has something going on in our lives, we'll unpack it together. If we don't, we'll catch up and have a good time and, and enjoy friendship. But there's times where, uh, just last week I was having to do some, I was having to put myself out there quite a bit. I'm not a, I'm an introvert by nature. And I don't, uh, I, honestly, I do not like social media and I don't like marketing. And guess what I'm having to do with a book? I'm, I'm having to put myself out there in ways that I'm not used to. And it triggers things within me. And so last week I, I had to, uh, I had a meeting with one of my life team members and we uh, unpacked that. Um, uh, actually twice uh, last week I had to unpack it with with an individ- with two individuals because uh, I felt myself being triggered and and some weird emotional things within me but I knew what to do with it I knew that I could go to to one of those individuals and and unpack those things and that was a that was a uh, uh, a relief and a instead of days of spiraling emotionally it was more like a co- maybe a couple of hours because I knew what to do with it. Great. Yeah. And I would say amen to that. Josh is on my life team and we've talked about that as well. And we've had a few times where <laughs> I've come into meetings, Josh, and you listen to me. And sometimes I even say some words I shouldn't say that are not podcast acceptable that, words. Yeah, no, no, not podcast But then other times things are going great. We celebrate together. So this is the cool part about doing life. It's not just, it's not always in one area. It, it, it goes back and forth and mm-hmm. we do life and you see this with Jesus. Yep. And another topic you mentioned was um, routines and we've talked again about that a lot too. How, when you work both with yourself and with your clients, how do you help them um, not just pick routines, but pick the healthy routines? Like how do you walk them through that process of, because I mean, I've sort of noted as I've studied a lot of routines and habits and we've talked about a couple habits books is is to my kind of opinion i I know some people who are pretty routine oriented but they're not very healthy habits so (laughs) routine by itself can i I reframe your question because i think so josh is the consultant yeah and sometimes he will walk into other organizations and notice other people not being or organizations being super healthy i usually go to the ones that aren't very healthy that's why they that's why they hire you (laughs) So what, what, what should he do when you, when you are consulting and you go in and you meet with someone, you say, "Uh Oh, this is not healthy. How do you approach that? Well, from a, from a coaching perspective, I would be looking at the individual. Um, you know, I think from a consulting perspective and looking at the organization, that's a, that's a much broader, uh, 
concept that I'm probably not uh, equipped to, to speak to, but from a, from a perspective of coaching, uh, maybe it's a senior leader that, that you're uh, connecting with because it, you know, it's going to start with them likely mm-hmm. if that organization is going to get healthy. Um, you know, I've got to find out first of all, what is most important to the, to that individual. So uh, I may ask them a series of questions to, to find out what is, what is, uh, what is most important um, to a person's day and a person's week. Um, and usually I look at goals or routines from a week perspective and then also mm-hmm. from a daily perspective. So I, I want to know what, what needs to be accomplished, what is most important to accomplish in a week's time, and then what is most important to accomplish every single day. And if, if you don't have a place in your day on your calendar, at least in your mind on your calendar, that you're going to accomplish those things, it's not likely you're going to do it. And so, uh, you know, there's some people that live rigidly by a calendar, but there's some that, that have a great memory and they're okay. You know, they, they kind of live their calendars in their brain. That's okay. But you better have a spot for it. And generally speaking, I find that, that most people's routines, daily routines happen best in the morning uh, before the chaos of the day hits. And that actually starts the night before. If you don't have a nightly routine, your morning routine is going to be shot. If I don't go to bed, uh, my, my nightly routine is at 9.30, uh, I go to bed. But at 9.15, I've got all of my lights set in my house where uh, all of my lights except my bedroom lamps go out. They automatically go out. They're on an automation. And so my whole family, that triggers to my whole family that it's time. My whole family's on board with this. They, they all agree and want to do this. But it triggers to my whole family that it's it's bedtime. So we, you know, eight, at 9.15, we're, we're uh, finishing up the final things to be in bed by 9.30. Now, does it always happen that way? No. Uh, in fact, during summertime, we usually turn the automation off and, and have a little bit of freedom during the summer. But in the spring and fall, when school's back in session and my kids are in school, um, we get to a more rigid schedule. And that allows us to, it allows me to be able to get up at 5, 5 a.m. and start my routine. If I don't go to bed at 9.30, I'm going to drag out of bed at 5 a.m. or I'm not going to get up at 5 a.m. I'm going to miss a significant part of my my routine. I'm going to pause See, no, here. This is why and I get along so well. I knew you guys would hit it off. I feel like, <laughs> whereas I'm on the other end of the spectrum, but I'm working on that. Uh, one of the things that Josh and I quote is there's a phrase, I think it was Jocko Willink, that says discipline is freedom. When you put these disciplines in your life, you actually, people think they're all restrictive, but it gives you all sorts of, of freedom yeah. going forward. If I get up at 5 a.m. by 9 a.m. in the morning when I start my work day, I, am, I, am, uh, I have accomplished every significant thing that I need to happen in my day. Mm-hmm. I have accomplished by 9 a.m. Yep. So then I go in and I start my appointments at 9 a.m. Or, or whatever meeting appointments or counseling appointment appointments or coaching appointments. And I start my day at, at 9 a.m. And all of my all the significant things I feel accomplished if my day blows up, if I 
if my calendar blows up in my day, it doesn't matter. I've gotten mm-hmm. the most significant things of my day accomplished by by that point. And uh, and it's that really gives me a boost of energy in my day to know that I've had a solid day by 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yep. So now one of the second parts of you have this really cool picture in the Christian leader blueprint, and we talked a little bit about rhythm. The next you had was leverage your strengths. How do you come up with it? And what does that look like? Whether, you know, uh, leadership in the church or leadership in a Christian business, how does one leverage their strengths? Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of aspects to leveraging your strengths, but I think the, the, the four most important components of that is uh, looking at your calling, First of all, what do you what do you feel that the Lord has called you to do as an individual? Uh, looking at your giftings, what are you talented in? What are you not talented in? It's just as important as what you are talented in. Um, and then two other aspects of leveraging your strengths is is being able to lead others effectively. That may be conflict learning, conflict resolution. That's that's your typical leadership books out there that would be. It would help you uh, communicate better. You know, there's kind of that, that's kind of an umbrella for a lot of a lot of variety of your typical leadership subjects. And then the fourth thing would be developing others, knowing how to uh, to effectively plan and develop others. And I know that is one thing that that sort of led me down the road as well. And in, in doing what I do is. I didn't, I I was handed 60 something ministries and I didn't, I didn't know how to develop people to lead these things. I I was, a lot of the ministries had very immature people leading them. Um, I had, I was having to recruit people that, you know, today I would never want to put those individuals in those positions. Uh, But it was all I had because, you know, nobody had developed them prior to that and I didn't know how to develop them. And so I, I went down the road of, of trying to figure out how to uh, systematically plan and develop leaders. So those are the four components of, of leveraging your strength. Hmm. Well, I think that's okay because, like you said, Jesus had to recruit some people who were not well-equipped. But And uh, Jesus' church is kind of still going strong, and, and isn't he, it? And he knew how to develop leaders, so that, that's mm-hmm. what I was <laughs> had it a is, plan for him. So Ryan and I, we both graduated uh, you know, uh, out of Concordia University, Townsend Institute. But going off of what you just said, Ryan, is, you know, we went back down for there's uh, once you graduate, you can go back to the alumni conference and we were there. And so not only are you growing your skills, people from your church are getting degrees and learning to grow as well too. So you're not just preaching this, you're actually living it and you are growing people within your church as well as um, in addition to the book, The Christian Leader Blueprint. It's not just going to end with this book, is it? So tell me if you don't mind me asking, what's going to come later? You've developed a program um, to take it to the next level. Let's say, you know, the book comes out August 3rd, you, you know, people, our listeners read the book and they want to go even farther. What's next, Ryan? Yeah. And, and Eric, you're right. I was, have been very focused on getting these concepts and the things that I've learned, the things that have helped develop me and grow the inside of me 
I've been very intentional about developing the leaders within the ministries of, of our church. Um, one by one-on-one coaching, um, even by, by teaching, podcasting, my YouTube channel, um, all of those things. Uh, I've been very intentional about creating opportunities for those leaders to grow. I've also, as you had mentioned, I, I've had several people from our church, leaders that I felt were very capable, um, actually go through the Townsend program and become coaches themselves. Uh, one, uh, she was just in my office this morning, actually was Dr. Jennifer Williams, um, phenomenal person. She's got a doctorate degree in counseling and she is in the middle of, of finishing her, her Townsend certification as well. So. Um, and moving beyond that, though, uh, I, I have had such a burden and a passion to touch Christian leaders, business leaders and church leaders. Um, and, and I have to I have to I have to be, I guess, transparent in the fact that my the fact that I am focused on business leaders, Christian business leaders, is because I know that they're going to go and support their church, either with their finances or with their talents. Um, and so that is my, that is my draw, but, but the, the passion within me is to grow churches. And, uh, so that is my drive, but I, I have, uh, the book is a, is a foundational piece. Obviously, as I mentioned, it is a model that is much more than just a book. Um, the book explains the model in great detail thor- thoroughly. Uh, however, in the coming months, I'll also be launching a uh, community coaching program that will help. Uh, it's will it, it, it will involve courses. It will involve community um, and community coaching. And I have found that that knowledge alone is is uh, insufficient to grow leaders. You have to have the community aspect as well. Um, so. Uh, and then also knowledge and coaching or, or community is insufficient. Also, I think the coaching aspect is extremely important as well. And so those are the three major components of the coaching community that I'll have in, in the near future that will help uh, get these concepts into not just the, the you know, 15, 20 leaders that I coach at a time, not just uh individuals that I can do one-on-one, but maybe hundreds of potentially of, of leaders that can join and contribute to this community of, of, of growth and leadership development. And, and that's, that's fantastic. For someone like myself who doesn't know a lot about coaching, when you say community coaching, are you talking about in-person groups, online groups? So tell me more about like how this works. What's that mean? Because you said some things there that as a coach probably went, did not as, you probably know what I'm talking about. You know what he's talking about, but I didn't follow. So tell me more about some of that, what I, that means. I'm glad, I'm glad you asked that. I'm, I'm actually, um, I, there may be something in the world like what I'm doing, but I don't know it if there is. Uh, but it is a, for me, it is a pioneering work. I don't know of any, church Christian style leadership development that in, that involves this uh, out there but it is it uh, it it is forum based as well hmm. it's courses but it, but it will be forum based as as in to interact on these subjects through forums 
but also mm. we will we will do uh, a variety of, of different things such as this is just one example hot seat coaching where we may jump on a zoom uh, maybe 20 25 leaders that are they're on a zoom interacting uh, but we but I will literally coach an individual through an issue in front of the group so mm. they learn they they get coached on their issue but others are likely dealing with the same issues and will get coached at the same time just by listening to the conversation. Hmm. Um, and that some other, scary. and some other things that will be, do what? And so that's a little scary to be in that hot seat. Yeah, Ryan and I, we've been in groups where we've seen, uh, Dr. Townsend Townsend do that. And it is yeah. just epic where he will coach. You have to it be in the school to do it. He'll coach in front of one to 200 people and he'll say, it's time for a role play. And we're like, Oh, thank God. It's not me. And yes. it's just wonderful. So I mentioned but, Dr. Townsend, and I have his I have his book behind me, Hiding from Love. He, I mean, he's written like twenty or thirty different books. That's, and he that's my favorite wrote, book right there. I, I know it is. The one it's in your an hand amazing, is my amazing book. book. But he wrote the intro to your book, man. So I mean, it's not like you know, Coach Eric says go out and buy Ryan's book, but you know, John Townsend. The um, the guy who wrote Boundaries wrote the intro to your book, so he knows what he's talking about as well, too, which is just awesome, man. Yeah, that was, so, that was hey, a highlight to have him uh, write that endorsement. That was a huge highlight. So, you know, the other two things. So we talked about rhythm. We talked about strengths. Uh, the last two, you know, we, we've hinted on it, you know, building more productive relationships as well as seeing yourself more clearly. Um, you know, what's... You know, in terms of seeing yourself clearly, do we need to look at our ourselves in the mirror more? What should we be doing on on that aspect, or do I need to read the book another time? Yeah, I think you may need to go back and read the book, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I think you explained uh, it. <laughs> uh, seeing yourself more clearly would be, you know, the the top four things that that would be there as well. Each one of these parts have four parts, by the way. So you got four parts with four parts, so 16 total. But see yourself more clearly is uh, clarity of mind, which is which is a hot topic these days. Um, individuals with uh, with so much chaos going on in the world, uh, finding a clarity of mind is is a challenging thing. So that's a that's one piece of it. Emotional intelligence is is a also a hot topic and a very needed thing i don't think you can lead effectively today without some sense of emotional intelligence which emotional intelligence is an is also an umbrella to a lot of these other things that i have in the in the model um but i dive into it specifically and um and just unpack it individually i i felt like it was super important to unpack that that term individually um but and and I actually chose a Venn diagram for the model because all of these topics overlap so much with, mm -hmm. with one another. Uh, but the third thing on seeing yourself more clearly is knowing your motivation. What drives you? What gets you up every day? What gets you moving? What what keeps you energized? Uh, knowing what what dra what drains energy from you and knowing what gives you energy is super important. And then the, the final thing on, on see yourself more clearly is leadership derailers. We all have dark sides of our personality, of our 
of our lives, of our leadership. And most of the time, you're not going to see that in me, except when I'm tired and when I'm stressed, when I have a book launch going on. Uh, and so the more I know, first of all, just knowledge of what those things are in our life can, can be a game changer. That's probably 50% of making a, a significant change in your life is just awareness. But then there's, there's tips as well that, that I give people on how to sort of reduce the impact that that can have, that those particular derailers can have on your life. This could be things like detachment or egotism or um, perfectionism, uh, maybe passive aggressive behavior. Those are, those are types, of things, types of things that would come out. Uh, the more we understand and see ourselves, see see what we deal with and what uh, plagues our, our our personality and leadership, the better we can kind of reel that back. And then uh, character development can also actually even greatly, even more greatly reduce those things. But awareness alone will make an impact. So that's the four parts of, of see yourself more clearly. Well, that's great. I, I have like, 10 more questions to ask <laughs> you, say, but I've already utilized almost a full hour. Yep. But for people who want to uh, learn more about this, besides, I mean, the book, uh, I, I bought it on Amazon already. It's going to be delivered to me August 3rd. So if you order it on Amazon or any other online bookstore, you can. But let's say someone wants to go to the next level. Uh, you know, How should they reach out to you? Uh, do you have a website? Uh, obviously, you're on YouTube as well, too. Uh, what should they do? I would go to ryanfranklin.org and um, all information is there. I've got, uh, I've got everything a person would need to, to know about what I do would be there. Uh, the book, there's a book page. If you want to know more about the book, um, it, it also links to my YouTube channel and et cetera. What I would recommend if, if somebody had a single step to take would go to, would be to go to ryanfranklin.org and, um, download the Christian Leader Blueprint Short Guide. I've got a short guide that is, it's about a 25-page document that explains this model. So you don't have to invest any money before you read the book, before you buy and, and read the book. You can actually preview the model by going to ryanfranklin.org and, and just downloading that. And that will also put you on my email list and as the coaching community opens and other things that I offer open um, you can be notified through that so that's great awesome and I'll have uh, that'll be in the show notes whether you're listening to this on uh, YouTube or uh, Apple podcast you name it you can just click on that so those that are listening to this right now all you have to do is click on that and you will see Ryan Franklin's short guy but hey Ryan thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule um, I can't wait for the book hard copy book i had to read the pdf but i cannot wait for the hard copy to dovetail it and uh you know ear it and mark it up i'm really really looking forward to it so hey best of luck on the book launch and i'll chat with you later thank you Eric thanks ryan and josh appreciate it yep you bet